Welcome to the Future Tech edition of the Finding Genius podcast. Forget frequently asked questions, forget common sense, common knowledge, or Googling for information. How about advice from a genius in their field instead? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do, but only 0.1% are the geniuses of their profession. Richard has made it his life's mission to interview the geniuses of their fields in areas such as AI, 3D printing, quantum computing, blockchain and Bitcoin, and more. Don't miss out on amazing podcasts with geniuses. Review us on iTunes or wherever you listen and go to futuretech.findinggeniuspodcast.com and subscribe today. Welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar, and I have with me on the phone Mara Hitner. She is the Director of Business Development at Matter Hackers. Hi, Mara. Hi, Juliette. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. I'm really excited to learn more about all your crazy 3D printers. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about Matter Hackers and what you guys have there? Absolutely. Um, what I love is um, I know this podcast is really focused on future technology. What I love about what we're doing with 3D printing is this is the technology of right now. Like it seems like it's the future, but it is happening. Um, so a little bit about Matter Hackers. We are the largest 3D printing retailer. Matterhackers.com is our home. We also have a showroom and office uh, here in Orange County in uh, Southern California. And um, we started about six years ago now. Um, and uh, till today, we are the largest desktop 3D printing retailer. So we specialize in the desktop 3D printers, the $700 to $7,000 range 3D printers that you read a lot about these days um, that are being used in manufacturing, automotive, um, dental, medical, in schools, um, making inexpensive prosthetics, making usable parts. Um, they're kind of everywhere. Um, but the, uh, our, our company, um, we are a retailer. A lot of companies and schools and businesses like to work with us because we are completely agnostic. Um, we sell 50 some odd different kinds of machines, I think about 700 different kinds of materials. Um, so what we do is we really listen to what a business or a school or an individual needs to do with their 3D printer. And then we kind of help play matchmaker. Uh, we match people up with what the right machines, materials, and software is going to be to get them successful with 3D printing. And then we also provide um, phone and email support for everything that we sell. So it's a really unique place to sit in that, um, for me, I work with a lot of our customers and I get to see how these machines are being used in schools and businesses alike, and then really tell those stories to inspire other people of how they can start using this technology right now to help with their businesses um, and to make their um, the people that work for them more productive. That's kind of a nutshell. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great little nutshell. So we can, can unwrap it a little bit. Um, I love how you mentioned that this is a technology that's happening right now, and it has been. I think a lot of people don't realize that 3D printing has been around for quite some time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 3D printers themselves and the technology has been around since the 80s. Um, and you still see, you know, big million-dollar, half-million-dollar, $50,000 machines. Um, but what happened um, and the reason that we're seeing uh, a lot more of these machines now 
is the pat- some patents expired back in, uh, I believe it was 2009. So we were finally being, uh, so people were finally able to iterate on the technology and really get in and, you know, much like, you know, the early days of computers, um, make them smaller, make them cheaper, make them more accessible um, so that everybody could start using them and not just people that uh, were in manufacturing or in companies that could afford the technology. The thing about um, desktop 3D printing, um, and especially most of the printers that we have are um, what's called FDM, so they're the ones that have kind of a spool of plastic, a filament um, that looks like fishing wire, um, and it gets squished through a nozzle, um, and and then uh, you build your part from nothing. Um, so with those machines, not only are the machines accessible um, and affordable, but the materials are also um, relatively cheap uh, compared to the the big machines that um, that also have a place in the workflow. Um, but for people, for people that can't uh, afford them or for whatever reason they're inaccessible, the desktop machines are a great substitute. And especially now with the um, one of the exciting things about 3D printing, and again, using the technology now, is the progression of the materials. So not only can you print with plastics like ABS and PLA and kind of some standard stuff, um, you can print really functional parts with um, nylon or a combination of nylon and carbon fiber. We're starting to find uh, machines that can print uh, polypropylene, polycarbonate, and even high-temp machines that can print things like Peak and Ultim. And those are all machines that will fit on your desktop um, up to, I think, the largest build volume print, uh, printer that we have is uh, 12 by 12 by 24. So you can print small things and you can print big things. That is that is so cool. And just the possibilities truly are endless. So let's start small scale. Like if I want to have a 3D printer in my home to create, I don't know, forks or parts for, you know, maybe some some gardening things or something. Um, How simple is it for someone like me to use it, someone who doesn't have experience with a 3D printer, um, but I want to get one? What's what's that learning curve like? That's a great question. Um, It's pretty easy. I mean, I myself, I did not come from, uh, I I did not come from manufacturing. I did not come from computers. I'm not a designer. Um, And I, like many, saw 3D printers on a, I saw it, I happened to see one on a TV show. Um, Mm -hmm. back in 2014 and, you know, got on the internet, went down the rabbit hole. Um, And for me, like, I I think um, everybody has their access point. So not everybody is going to need a 3D printer. Um, I think we went through a phase uh, back in uh, 2014, 2013, um, where we thought that like everyone's going to have one of these in their kitchen and it's going to be like a microwave. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And then that didn't happen. And everybody got all upset. Um, And I think there that everyone, when I say everyone has an access point, um, for me, it was just the creativity. Like, I just never really thought about the fact that people have to make stuff. And in order, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm drinking some water out of a plastic cup right now. And like, someone had to design it and prototype it and then like make one. And then maybe that didn't work. They need to change it. And then finally settle on a design that then goes out and is uh, mass produced. I just never really thought about that process. Um, so I think that there are, as far as home use, I don't know if we're going to be printing our own forks because forks are pretty, they work pretty good the way that they are. (laughs) Um, and they're pretty cheap and they're pretty accessible. Um, but if you've got, for example, um, someone in your family who has, um, some dexterity issues, um, maybe they were born with an upper limb difference or maybe, um, 
they have uh, like a, a disease like uh, Dupuytren's contracture or, um, you know, just aging, they've got some issues with their hands and you need to kind of modify the fork and make something that's a little more custom. The great thing about having a 3D printer is you could design something on your own specifically for that purpose, or you could even go online and there are tons and tons of free designs that you can download that somebody may have already solved that problem, whether it's a custom um, eating utensil or it's a piece breaks on your oven and they, maybe they don't make the piece anymore. <clears throat> there may actually have been somebody that has the same oven and designed a fix for it, uploaded it, and you can just print it. So for those like custom problem-solving things, I think is a really good home use, um, especially if you have any particular hobby, like you had mentioned gardening. Um, again, you can download things uh, for free, or some designers have their designs for you know a donation, or you pay a little bit, and you actually make something custom for your use. Um, and, you know, it's just sol solving problems. And then also, you know, there's also the flip side of it where, like, you know, if you have kids, you want to print them, you know, some uh, uh, some figures from their favorite movie um, or maybe even have your kids design stuff. There's some really easy um, free software <clears throat> for both design and for controlling your printer. So when we talk about, like, well, how hard is it to learn, um, I kind of... I think of it as, I don't know, I'm a musician, so I think about it as um, like learning to play guitar. Um, you know, when you pick up a guitar from Guitar Center, you're, there's some things you're going to have to learn. You're going to have to learn how to tune it. You're going to have to learn to change your string. Um, if you get your guitar and you play it for a while, it goes out of tune. You don't bring it back to Guitar Center and say, oh, it's, this technology doesn't work with this guitar thing. That's not the way it works. You have to learn how to play it. You have to learn how to take care of it. And there's tons of resources online now of people that um, are making it really, really easy to learn the technology. And then it's just, it's so exciting. The things that you can actually make, make it worth, you know, taking a little bit of time and learning how to use it. Exactly. And, you know, you're, ta you're talking about like medical devices, you know, if someone has, has some kind of medical condition where they need they need to have disposable parts, you know, instead of buying all those and having them shipped and the expense of that, they can print those parts or, you know, kids who might have some sort of issue, you know, they're going to, medical issue, they're going to grow, right? So instead of having to yeah, invest exactly. as a parent in these things, you can just make them as the child grows and customize them. I mean, that, that, that in itself is, is just one reason to buy it if you have a situation like that. Um, it's going a back dramatic to shift. Oh, yeah. If I can, if oh, I can just add to that, it really is a dramatic shift. It's just, um, what they call the democratization of medicine um, and mm -hmm. people being able to, people that are really passionate about design um, and about, you know, solving problems like, you know, my kids need something to, uh, you know, eat their cereal with in the morning. Um, being able to do that and having that be accessible is so um, game changing. And then what's great is that we are seeing a lot of these 3D printers being adopted by schools, public libraries, um, local maker spaces. So even if you don't have one at home, there is probably a printer in your neighborhood that you can have access to. Um, and a lot of the schools that we work with, they, they want to get a 3D printer because they know um, that it's an important, you know, uh, that 3D design is an important skill to be teaching our kids because of all the jobs in the future. Like, you want to make video games in, you know, for your job, kids? You like playing video games? You want to make them? You're going to know how to, need to know how to 3D model. You want to work in architecture or medicine where they're 
um, starting to 3D print uh, CT scans to, um, to practice a surgery before they actually go in, or even just to show the family a model of what it is that they're actually doing when they're going to do surgery on their kid. It's really, really powerful technology to have. So learning, so having 3D modeling in our schools and then having the 3D printer as a tool to fabricate those models um, really makes lessons that teachers have to teach anyway a lot more engaging. Um, so a lot of these schools, 3D printers are showing up in a lot of these schools. And another thing that they can do with them is if they don't want to get involved in the actual design, the schools are starting to um, to 3D print these you know, prosthetics and assistive devices for people in their community, for local senior centers, for other students, for other teachers. And it really gets the kids out of that me thinking, especially when you're talking about middle schools and that sort of thing. Um, it really gives them um, something that's very, very engaging um, to learn with and then also have them have, you know, have a social action piece as well and teach that young. Yeah, exactly. And it's really empowering people to use their own creativity to change their own future. Definitely. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about materials. So I, I know that, you know, plastics are used a lot with 3D printing. And where do you kind of see the the future of materials going? Plastics are used a lot, and they're quite effective um, for a lot of final parts, but also especially with prototyping. Um, so for businesses, I think that a lot of, you know, major corporations, maybe in the past year or two, have are finally starting to see these machines as not just like toys for the garage, um, but real, but cost-saving machines when you're talking about putting them on a production line. Um, you know, a lot of, you, you hear a lot about like uh, metal printing. Um, I think you guys just did a, a podcast um, about that recently. And additive manufacturing is very exciting right now. And there's all sorts of new materials that are coming out. And yeah, the metal printers are going to be quite a bit more expensive than, you know, maybe a $2,500 desktop printer. Um, but there are a lot of steps between idea and sketch and print in metal. And I think that that's really where um, the desktop 3D printers get very exciting because it is a way to have these machines on every engineer's desk so that they can do some prototypes before they can iterate on their ideas before they throw it on the more expensive machines where the materials are more expensive as well. So the plastics, I think, are really good um, for that. And you can also make some pretty nice final parts. Um, Volkswagen in uh, in Europe is doing amazing work saving hundreds of thousands of dollars by using um, you know, a $3,200 3D printer to print jigs, fixtures, gauges, custom um, parts for their production line that are functional parts. And they make them out of plastic. You can also make them out of nylon. You can make them out of, um, there's composite materials like um, uh, Matter Hackers has a product called Nylon X, which is a combination of nylon and carbon fiber. And we see this used for drone parts, for RC cars, for, you know, stuff that really needs to take a beating. So you can use that for a lot of functional parts. Um, but for someone like Volkswagen, you know, that where their, their parts change um, and to send out um, their new designs for jigs and fixtures, um, not only does it take a lot of time, but it costs a lot of money to get those parts made. Whereas if they have a couple of 3D printers, um, they can print those parts on demand. And even if parts of the 
even if parts of the parts um, are under more stress and those parts break, they just reprint that little part. They don't have to go and send out for a whole new um, jig or fixture um, just because the one stress point is broken. So um, that's just one example. I mean, there's there's so there's so much innovation and so much um, creativity with businesses in how they're using desktop 3D printers. Again, because the the machines themselves are pretty low cost um, and the materials are cheaper. And then you you know this is not going to replace your 3D systems or your Stratasys um, machine, but it definitely does help with the workflow. Definitely. So if people want to get their hands on these uh, matter hackers, what's the best way to do that? And I know you're located here in Southern California, down in Orange County. Can people actually come in and watch these machines at work in your showroom? Can, for sure. We love Ooh. it. We love visitors. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got a showroom here in Orange County. Um, we're open business hours, Monday through Friday. Um, you Anybody can email me personally, sales at matterhackers.com. Um, I'd be happy to field emails. There's a few things that we do. Um, we can absolutely take, you can stop by the showroom anytime you want or make an appointment and we'll make sure that we have um, somebody to take you around, show you the machines that you're interested in, maybe um, talk to one of our materials engineers because like I said, we've got some new printers that are going to be rolling out very soon that are high temp printers. So we're talking about Peak and Ultim and really, really usable parts. Um, you can also uh, email me to set up a phone call. We do free printer consultations. So if you are looking for some new printers, you're already using the technology and looking for how to optimize what you already have and kind of see what would be next for you, or if you're somebody that's just getting started, um, we have a full team of people that can talk to you about the technology. And again, because we don't make a printer, we're not pushing any particular printer on anybody, we really listen to what it is you need to get done and make sure that we set you up for success, whether that be the um, FDM printers, we have resin printers, we have CNC machines. Um, we have a, a number of different solutions so we can make sure that you're getting the right thing for your application. And then you can also go to matterhackers.com and just check out all our cool stuff. The other thing that we do um, in making the Matter Hackers pretty much exists to make this technology accessible to everybody. And we do that by providing, you know, the best line of machines and materials at, uh, you know, at, at competitive prices. But we also have a lot of content online, a lot of articles and videos about um, how to be successful with the different materials, use cases, um, stories from schools, stories from businesses about how they've been successful with this technology. And I think that that's a really good place to start if you're looking for, if you're looking to 3D printers, desktop 3D printers, for how they're going to help with your applications. Absolutely. So matterhackers.com, that's kind of your go-to point to start it all off. Definitely. Always. <laughs> Well, Mara, thank you so much for joining us here today and, and letting us know all about your really awesome printers. And now I want to, I've got ideas flowing my brain. I want to print everything. <laughs> You're all fired up, right? We want you to we I'm all fired help up. You print everything. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you so much, Juliet. And thank you um, to your audience for whatever whatever you're doing out there with new technology. Just keep doing good work. Absolutely. Well, that was Amara Hitner. She is the Director of Business Development at MatterHackers.com to check out more about them. You've been listening to the Future Tech Edition of the Finding Genius Podcast. This podcast is information only. No advice of any kind is being given. 
Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed. Review us on iTunes or wherever you listen and subscribe today by going to futuretech.findinggeniuspodcast.com.